where we've been talking about the most amazing of miracles, the only miracle beyond the resurrection that is recorded in all four Gospels, has been carried out by Jesus. He has fed the 5,000 with a little boy's lunch. The crowds saw him send his disciples away in the boat. And they also saw Jesus take off up into the mountain by himself to pray. Unbeknownst to them, after many hours, Jesus walked on the water to the boats. The disciples were frightened. He reassures them. Until then, they didn't get it, who he is. And neither did the crowd. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you may believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, as is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose mother and father we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. 
I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. This fantastic interchange contains enough to occupy a person for a lifetime. Entire books have been written on just these words and we're going to talk about it all today. <laughs> you may be worried about getting home on time for Christmas right about now, but you know, oh, you're going to cover all this in a short talk? Yeah, short? Okay. No, we'll just... I'll let you study it on your own later. Today we're just going to focus on the overall picture that God is trying to give us. Let's go back to the point where they discover that Jesus is in the synagogue. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Jesus ignores their question. Just a couple points. The miracle of the walking in the water, that was for the disciples, those who believe. It was not for general consumption, so he wasn't going to get into that. But more importantly, Jesus wants to strike at the main issue that they were interested in what he did rather than who he is. He said, you didn't seek me because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> if they ate the bread, they saw the sign, right? Well, in a word, no. <laughs> Yes, they saw the physical. Five little loaves fed more than 5,000 people. What they didn't see was the spiritual. They missed the spiritual truth of the sign. That they didn't see. And it is important to realize that when Jesus fed the 5,000, some there did not and never would believe in him. Both believers and unbelievers got bread, but they didn't both get the vastly more important spiritual food. And nobody seems to have understood the spiritual food. So Jesus says, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them this, is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He has sent. Believe. Wait, believing is work? Huh? Well, they're convinced that things they do will gain for them eternal life. 
we get circumcised, we celebrate all the festivals Moses told us to, we offer all the sacrifices we're supposed to, we read and live by the Scripture, we're Israelites. That's enough, right? Jesus says, no. It isn't about works. It was never about works. It's about believing. Okay, I will admit, he did set them up by saying labor, you know, do not labor for the food that perishes. But that's what they were doing. If we just pile enough good things on the right side of the scale, we'll be alright. Right? I bet you met a few people like that. Somehow it must be about me working. I must be good enough. I'm better than all those heathens and I'll prove it by the work I do. Nah, you never met anybody like that. (laughs) But Jesus still says, no, you have to believe. And what should be the content of this belief? To believe that which the Son of Man will give to us. The one that God the Father has sent and sealed to believe in Him. Sealed, but sealed as in a legal sense. Uh, The Father has verified in the strongest terms that this Son of Man is the one who makes possible eternal life. Jesus is the one who makes possible eternal life. And they understood what he was saying. The work of God is to believe in the work of Jesus. So they look at Jesus. And what do they see? He looks just like a regular guy. He's a carpenter running around with a bunch of fishermen. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Are they being sarcastic? For sure, they're still using what words? Sign, see, work, perform. They should be using believe words. They're thinking somebody's got to do some work around here. The Jews had come to think that Moses gave them the bread, the manna, from heaven. And if they'd read carefully, they'd see that Moses was careful to point out that God fed them. Jesus corrects their mistake. But why does it matter? Because some people were saying Jesus is the next Moses. And then some were saying that Moses' miracle was better than Jesus. Moses gave them bread from heaven. Jesus gave, just gave them more barley bread. <laughs> Jesus corrects that mistake too. And he says that the manna was never the point. It was an illustration an illustration of the true bread from heaven, Jesus. The Father gives Jesus to the world, the true bread from heaven. And Jesus gives the world life. So their statement, give us this bread always. Are these Jews thick-headed? Why do they ask this? Have they not heard what Jesus just said? That he himself is the bread. Are they so dull that they are only thinking of food for the body? Or, well, maybe they really are being sarcastic. Whatever the case, he now says it blatantly. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. 
But whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Why does this sound familiar? Oh yeah. We talked about her just a few weeks ago. The woman at the well. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you ever wonder if Jesus can get past that basic message? <laughs> Let go of this world, the physical, and reach for the spiritual. I guess that's the message people still need to hear. I mean, is this what we have to tell people? Is this the message? Well, Jesus continues the conversation. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. They're looking straight at Jesus. Straight at Him. They've seen the works He's done. They are not seeing the spiritual. They are not believing. So, Jesus shows them belief. The process of salvation. All that the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. The Father gives them to Jesus. They come to Jesus. Jesus will hold them safely forever. Your salvation is not in your hands. You can't work to get it. You can't work to keep it. You're not all that. Okay? Does that bother you? Think of it from this angle. Who's more faithful? You or God? To whom would you rather trust your eternal salvation? Those listening to Jesus, we're not getting it. So he slaps them with another truth. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Here, Jesus he's getting more and more blatant. He says straightforward that he came down from heaven. Now, Jews understood the concept of procreation. We did not exist until God caused us to exist through the union of a man and a woman. There was a time when you were not, but there will never be a time when you are not. This is not the case for Jesus. He has added a human nature to his person. But he's careful to point out that it's not mere human will that drives him. Once again, he's saying, as we've discovered before, that his will and the Father's will are the same. He is claiming to be God. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. I know you're saying, wait, where did he say he's God? <laughs> Don't forget to whom he is speaking. The Jews believed that God would resurrect those who believed in the law, in their case, at the end day. Jesus is saying that he will raise them up on the last day. It's so important he actually repeats it. Raise it up on the last day, I will raise him up on the last day. But he adds an important element to that second one. Those who look at him and believe in him will be saved which is exactly what he said they're not doing. Looking at me, not believing. 
Well, that sets him off. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, he is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Notice first that they had, in fact, checked him out. (laughs) Checked this guy out, but only superficially. If they'd have really worked to know who he was, they'd have talked to Mary, and they'd know who his real father was. They didn't believe him. They didn't trust him. They trusted their own understanding. Why? Well, they can't get past the flesh, the material to the spiritual. This tendency to get this wrong, I often wonder, is this why Jesus added a human nature, a physical nature to his person to lead us from this absolute dominance of the material to dependence on the spiritual? Maybe. Jesus does now repeat the salvation formula. Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. The Father draws those who will be saved. They come to Jesus. Jesus brings them safely into eternity. (laughs) And for the third time, he says that he will raise his own. But if they aren't believing, why is he saying this to them. Well, we'll see as we go along if we can figure that out. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Has eternal life. you Suspect, perhaps, that resurrection to eternal life just might be important. <laughs> Mentioned it a few times here. But Jesus says, comes to me. Comes for what? Well, eternal life. Okay. Which, if they had been drawn by the Father, taught by God, they would desire. Where do they come when they are drawn by the Father? Well, to Jesus. Jesus who alone has seen the Father. Everybody else needs to believe. Belief is the issue if you are to have eternal life. Jesus moves to his summary statement, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Can you hear all that Jesus says here? If the Father draws you, you can. The bread that Jesus gives is his flesh. Okay, we can look back. And we understand that Jesus died for our sins so that we can have eternal life. But do we eat this bread? How do we eat this bread? The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up in the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Uh, yuck. <laughs> What is he trying to say here? Well, first, let's point out that they were grumbling and now they are disputing. Well, that could actually be good. 
Maybe some of them are trying to get it. The argument anyway is getting pretty heated. So so what does Jesus do when the argument gets heated? Well, He throws fuel in the fire <laughs> with this highly graphic language. And did you notice that part of the message was that He raises the saints on the last day? Have we heard this before? <laughs> pretty big deal. But He doesn't stop there. As the living Father sent Me and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on Me, He also will live because of Me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. The Father is living. The life of the Son and the Father are absolutely intertwined. Did you notice that Jesus is going back over the same ground? The Father sent Him. The Father has life. He has life. He is the bread from heaven. Eternal life is through Him. You want to live forever? You've got to feed on that living bread. You've got to feed on the living bread. Why this very graphic way of depicting the gift of the Son? Jesus said these things in the synagogue as He taught at Capernaum. Uh, the synagogue. That's our clue. There's a lot here, of course, but let's just understand that everybody had their place in the synagogue. The men sat here, here, da 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 da, and then there's the seats of honor. Only those who sat in the seats of honor were allowed to ask questions in the synagogue. The rulers of the Jews normally sat in the seats of honor. Jesus isn't giving his answers to the ones who are asking the questions. Well, maybe some of them. The rest of those asking the questions. They are looking at Him, but they are not believing in Him. They are not being drawn by the Father. They will not come to Jesus. They will not be raised to eternal life. But many of those hearing the answers are being drawn by the Father. They will one day come to Jesus. They will be raised to eternal life. Jesus' heart is with them. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Okay, they don't really understand just yet. But Jesus is setting them up for success. When He is killed, is buried, and rises from the grave, and ascends to heaven, they will believe. They will understand. He loves them. He knows the Father will draw them. He knows He will raise them to eternal life. Then they will understand His words that they are spirit and life. They aren't about the physical. Are you one who is drawn by these words? Do you somehow understand that they are spirit and they are life? Do we know people we uh, wonder about? <laughs> yeah, some may be grumbling people. You need to ask them some questions. 
Are you offended by words like these? (laughs) What if you saw Jesus ascend into heaven? Would you believe? Jesus said these words are to be understood as spiritual, as giving life. Do we share these words with others so they can have life? Admitted, they're vast and expansive words. Have you eaten the flesh of Jesus? (laughs) Has your spirit so adhered to the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent that you are filled with Him? Have we drunk His blood? Later, Paul admonished people, do not be drunk with wine, but filled with the Spirit. You know how it is when a person's drunk. It shows in everything. They act a fool. They're focused on the physical. They are focused on themselves. But when a person is filled with the Spirit, they'll show wisdom. They'll be focused on the spiritual, on Jesus, on eternal life. Have we drunk His blood? Are we so thoroughly committed to Jesus that everything we do shows Him flowing in our veins? Do we understand that the spiritual is everything? That everything physical reflects the Spirit in us? Our physical actions reflect our spiritual reality. Another way. Does it hurt when we don't live our lives like we know we should? Satan doesn't normally tempt us by saying, oh, you don't want to be a spiritual person. No. No, he tempts us with the physical. And we hurt when we fail. But pain is a gift. You don't want to hurt your body, so you're careful. You don't want to hurt your spirit. So you're careful. If you are alive spiritually, you will hurt when you damage your spirit. You ever said that? Maybe you heard somebody say it. I hurt. I must be alive. <laughs> Done that a few times skiing and things like that. Yeah. It's not good that we hurt. And that should drive us to correct spirit-focused living. But if we do fail and it does hurt, well, at least we know we're alive. <laughs> don't know if that's good, but... But are we spiritual enough that we can control our physical bodies? You know, not yet in perfection, of course. We're none of us going to make that yet. But can we control our physical lives? Do we understand that everything we do touches on the spiritual? Everything we do is spiritual. Eat the bread of His body. Drink the wine of His blood. Believe. That's what He's saying. Believe. For that is the work of God. Come to Jesus. He will give you eternal life. He alone can give eternal life. We have to say it. We have to say it. One day, He will bring all who believe into a new creation where we will never, ever hurt in any sense again, ever. Let's pray. Father, there are people that we know that in a spiritual sense, they're bloodied. They're bleeding to death. And they don't even know it. They're so unaware of their spiritual being that they don't grasp 
the desperate situation they're in. How do you tell someone they're dying when they don't even know they're injured? It's hard for us, Lord. And these words are difficult. But at least we can give them the main message. There's one way to eternal life. There's only one. It's just the way it is. There is no other way to get there. And you do want eternal life. You don't want to die forever. You want to live forever. I don't know how we're supposed to tell them, Lord. Sometimes it's so hard to get through. I pray that You would help us to find a way. And while we're doing it, help us to find a way not to hurt ourselves spiritually. Help us to live right for You. Thank You, Father. I praise You for all You do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.